While the words ricocheted in the Grand Dome, Hashim kept his head low and said a silent prayer asking for mercy like he had done thousands of times since realizing he was gay. My name is Henrik Vilenius and I'm the author of the Rise Up Trilogy, a young adult coming-of-age story about Hashim, Alex and Marian confronting real-life issues like climate change, corrupt politics, animal cruelty and racial and gender equity. This sweetly serialized audiobook podcast is narrated by Scott Summers. 16. Alex's stomping turned to clumping. There were no other people in sight. His rage had simmered into weariness. He felt so tired, tired of everything. His friends, his family, or what was left of it, his literary ambitions, and this stupid town. After his mother's death, he had worked so hard to keep everything afloat. Now that the plug had been pulled out, the whole damn ship was sinking, and he was too exhausted to care. Without checking if any cars were coming, he started across the street to his house. It was past midnight, and the traffic was light. A Chevy pickup was gaining speed, and it honked a few times. However, Alex didn't care, flipping the driver off, and the car changed lanes to let him pass. After lumbering through the barren courtyard, he sat down on a bench littered with the carved initials of local youth past and present. His hands hanging limp by his side, Alex looked up to the open window of their apartment. A faint blue light from the TV flickered on the window panes. Dad must be watching TV. The wooden backrest didn't offer much comfort as he leaned back and closed his eyes. A painful memory made its way up to his consciousness. One night, he had woken up to an almost inaudible, dull sound, like a bag of wet clothes hitting the ground. The pillow had been all damp against his cheek. Usually, he would only sweat when he had a fever, which hadn't been the case that night. He had a hard time breathing, as if air had been sucked out of his lungs, and his chest was chiming like a cathedral gone berserk. Opening his eyes, Alex had pricked up his ears, but the only thing he could hear was the TV. Apart from the streetlight casting some shadows on the wall, his room appeared dark. Laying his head back on the pillow, he tried to go back to sleep, but couldn't. A strange sense of hollowness in his chest would not allow him to relax. Pushing the blanket aside, he had stood up. Taking short, quick breaths, he waddled down the corridor toward the living room. He heard a muffled conversation from some TV program, but he didn't try to make sense of the words. Instead, he was listening for the sound of panting. In the last couple of weeks, his mother's breathing had turned raspier. Sometimes he would wake up in the middle of the night and hear her through the living room wall. She liked to watch TV late into the night. She had been suffering from insomnia since she lost her ability to walk due to her disintegrating central nervous system. As Alex reached the doorway, the first thing he had noticed was the gray curtains fluttering in a light wind. Then, he saw the empty wheelchair parked right in front of the open window and two slippers planted on the footrest. He rushed to the window and saw his mother lying sideways four floors down on the concrete pavement. She seemed to be asleep without any visible damage except a slim trail of blood running from the side of her mouth. Jerking forward on the bench, Alex opened his eyes, gulping for air. What he had just gone through in his mind felt so real, more real than it ever had since the day it actually happened. 
he had consciously tried to avoid thinking how his mother died. That, of course, had ended up resulting in the opposite. He had ended up reliving that tragic night over and over again, subsequently diluting his emotional response to it, inasmuch as making him wonder how he could remember the death of his mother in such a detached manner. However, this time, it was different. He smacked a hand to his racing heart and sniffed several times to clear his runny nose. It felt like his heart was exploding. Alex reached for his phone in his pocket. In the middle of selecting Hashim's number, he stopped. Just hearing his friend's smooth baritone on the other end of the line had always worked wonders in calming him down. But now, that option was out of the question. He was all alone with his pain. There was nobody out there he could turn to. Alex hugged himself tightly to stop his shivering, as if he wore a self-imposed straitjacket to keep his surging emotions in check. He was unable to stop thinking about that tragic night, how he had sat by the window after the ambulance had collected what was left of his mother and stared down at the pavement while his father howled in the other bedroom. He knew then he couldn't give in to the pain like his father did. He had to be the strong one. That was the promise he had made to his mother. Alex closed the door quietly, wanting to avoid coming face to face with Dad, who was watching TV in the living room. Since Dad had come back from detox, he had spent many nights on the living room couch. According to him, TV helped to keep the devil at bay. He didn't want to burden his old friends with his problems, especially since many of them were borderline alcoholics themselves. Anyway, for him, it was way too early in his recovery to patronize bars where they convened. So, he stayed at home and watched TV late into the night. A few times in the past two months, Alex had woken up in the early hours and imagined for a moment that he was back in the time when his mother was still alive, and it was she who was keeping vigil in the living room. Afterwards, he was never sure if he really wished his mother was still alive, suffering like she had done in the last couple of years of her life, or if she was better off dead. After tiptoeing to the kitchen, he poured himself a glass of water and sat down at the table. Reliving his mother's death had sobered him up. He looked around, letting his eyes adjust to the darkness. Very little had changed in recent years. Perched on top of the fridge was the orange bowl where his mother used to put her spare change. And usually, once every month or two, there had been enough to take them out for a dinner at some nice ethnic restaurant in town. The last time they did this was just two weeks before she took her own life. Alex remembered his mother nibbling stuffed wine leaves at their favorite Syrian restaurant when she started choking. Seeing her grasping for breath, her face all distorted from the pain, Alex thought she would die right there. She looked so defenseless and fragile that he was afraid he would break her if he patted her back too hard. Watching her suffer, he was overcome by such a deep sense of sadness. The only thing that kept him from losing it was the feeling of injustice about a system that had denied his mother the best medical care available. Unfortunately, her medical insurance didn't cover oxygen tanks, and the only thing she could take to help her breathing was strong pain medication that made her too numb to even read. It had eventually killed her spirit. Alex sighed heavily. He tried to fight the tears by taking a sizable gulp of water, but it went down the wrong pipe and he ended up spitting half of it all over his face in the table. He coughed hard to clear his throat, 
but the cough transformed to weeping as his body went into convulsions. When Dad rushed in through the door and stopped abruptly, Alex realized what a sight he was. Puffy, teary eyes and bright red nose. Alex had never let his father see him in this state. However, for once, he didn't care. After he had calmed down a bit, Alex wiped his face with the tissues Dad was handing to him, but the tears still kept on coming. He tried to say something, but the crying came in waves, making it impossible for him to form any comprehensible words. Hey, big boy, Dad said, opening the arms. Alex sprang up and threw himself on his dad. Burying his head in his dad's wide chest, he squeezed hard while his father soothed him. He vented out all the pain, sadness, and desperation he had buried inside over the years, holding on to his dad as if he were drowning in sorrow. After a while, the bawling turned into crying, then to occasional sniffing. Too drained to fight off the question that had haunted him all these years, Alex asked, Why? Why did she do it? Dad kissed the top of his son's forehead, but didn't respond. Why didn't she talk to me? I could have helped. Alex continued. I know, son. I know you could have. I never got to say goodbye to her. Alex said, his voice breaking as Dad swallowed hard, patting his back. She never complained. Why didn't she ever complain? She didn't trust me enough to tell me the truth about what she was feeling? You remind me so much of your mom. So brave. She probably thought she was a burden to us. Grabbing some more paper towels, he gently dried Alex's face. You have to let her go. Forgive her. Forgive yourself. And forgive me. Alex looked up at his dad. I just wish I had done more. Dad hugged him and whispered, Oh God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Alex stretched his neck to take a better look at his father, and for the first time, he really understood the meaning of the words he had seen glued on the fridge door. Dad, I need to ask you something. Thank you for listening to the Rise Up Trilogy podcast. For more information, go to my website henrikvilenius.com. <laughs>